everybody. This is Rich Sports Talk broadcasting on SoundCloud, TuneIn Speaker, and available for download on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I'm your host, Nolan Rich. We're going to get right into it today. Three and Out, our weekly segment on the NFL where I go through the top three storylines from this past weekend, week 14, and let's dive right into it. So first things first. This is going to lead into our second down topic, but the first down topic is a lot of Jet fans were unhappy when I talked to them last night and this morning because they're saying, we won a game, and that's a bad thing because we want the number one pick. Well, I say, I tell Jet fans this, yesterday was a good day for the New York Jets, because for the New York Jets, what I took out of yesterday's game, you have a quarterback. Did you notice the Jets' offense for three weeks, how it couldn't even move the football without Sam Darnold? For all the talks about his regression, for all the talks about his struggles being only 21 years old, we forget he is 21 years old after all, gets hurt when his offense is so inept they can't even handle a handoff successfully. And it was actually kind of fitting on that first third down, and I thought it was a great symbolism for this entire season for the New York Jets, which was Sam Darnold getting the snap, and looking around desperately, and there's no one to help him on that offense. He doesn't have an offensive coach, and he doesn't have a lot of great offensive weapons. So yesterday, Sam Darnold against a very good pass rush, and a team that, may I remind you, absolutely took the Jets to the woodshed a couple weeks ago. The Jets went into Buffalo and pulled out a win. And it was how they did it, in the fourth quarter, with a great touchdown drive by Sam Darnold. Going 17, actually 16 of 24, for 171 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And I don't mind the interceptions. What to me stood out was the fourth quarter comeback. How this kid, who hasn't played in three weeks, and who came back with a bad foot out of the locker room and played against a very good Bills pass rush. Look, the Bills might not have a great defense, but they have a good pass rush. And say what you want about this Buffalo team. We saw it a couple weeks ago with two backup quarterbacks. And what that that game told us in MetLife was, it's clear, the Bills have a better roster in terms of offensive personnel and defensive personnel than the Jets do currently. Yet Sam Darnold, despite all those odds, despite not having his number one and number two running backs, who are now injured, having only 60 yards on the ground from his running game in that game against the Buffalo Bills, Despite having an inconsistent Robin Anderson, an offensive line that has been inconsistent at best this season, he's able to lead a fourth quarter comeback. Now, it's not enough to say Todd Bowles' job, but it does make you think. The Jets have two great building blocks for the future. They have Jamal Adams, who's a great defensive captain, and who could be, if not the best, one of the top three safeties in football on the back end and a young quarterback in Sam Darnold to build around. The Jets have two great pieces to build around. And yesterday, Darnold showed why he was considered for a long time to be the number one pick. And I will say this. This weekend was great for the Browns and the Jets because it showed you, despite the dysfunction that both those organizations have had this year, both quarterbacks, and Baker Mayfield, I have admitted, is not my cup of tea, but both of those guys have handled that beautifully and have handled all the noise around them from organizations that are chaotic and they've been able to just keep moving forward. Both of those teams, I think, are very happy with their quarterbacks. And once again, Josh Allen for the Bills, two interceptions, only 50% completion percentage. And I get it. He's running around. He's making great plays with his legs like Jackson in Baltimore. 
But I need a guy that can throw from the pocket. Running quarterbacks are not sustainable. We've seen with Mitch Trubisky, a running quarterback, missed significant time this year and has been banged up. And you could tell he had trouble throwing the football last night against the Rams. So I've never been a big fan of the running quarterback because can they make it through 16 games? And history has shown us they usually can. And if they somehow do, they are not healthy for the playoff runs. Which leads me into second down. Now, we've heard this term a lot in the NBA, the whole term tanking to get the number one pick. And people are saying, the NFL is a tanking problem. And I say, teams are not tanking. And you saw it this weekend. San Francisco won. Oakland won. The Jets won. The thing with tanking in the NFL is this. And I understand that some people are going to say, well, didn't the Colts tank to get Andrew Luck? Not really. They didn't have Payne Manning for 16 games, and we saw what happened when you don't have a great quarterback for 16 games. Tanking in the NFL, to me, has been nearly impossible because of the contract situation. On teams, if you have a franchise quarterback, you might have two or three guys that their contracts are very difficult to move on from. On a roster of 53 guys, You might have two or three contracts for players that are hard to move or that would really cost the franchise. Most guys are disposable on these teams. And you have to remember, teams are going to have film. So if you're on a team that's bad, there's a good chance they might cut you or move you on for draft picks. And you want to have your value. And I've always said this about the NFL is there's only 32 employers in this league. There is a limited employment opportunity you can have in this league. And you have to play hard through 16 games. Even if you're on a bad team, even if you're not a great player, you can be cut tomorrow without any ramifications to that franchise. So for people that say, oh, the NFL, the teams are going to be tanking, they can't tank because they have players on those teams that might be looking for new employment next year. There's so much roster turnover. From year to year, on average, there's 10 to 15 new guys on a 53-man roster, and that doesn't include the practice squad and training camp squads. There's a lot of turnover, and these guys know they are constantly being evaluated, not by their own team, by 31 other teams that may want to add them should they get cut. So for people saying, oh, the Raiders are going to tank, the Jets are going to tank, the 49ers are going to tank, those teams are still playing hard because they know there's a good chance there might be a new head coach, and they might not be there for the long term, but they have to show off what they can do for other teams. So for me, I always say there's no such thing as tanking in the NFL. There's only such a small sample size, 16 games, and there's only so much opportunity for employment. And unlike the NBA where contracts are guaranteed and guys are locked into organizations for four or five years at a time period, in the NFL you can be cut tomorrow without barely any ramifications outside of maybe three or four players on a 53-man roster. But that means there's 50 to 49 guys that can be cut easily and they have and they realize man i gotta look good on tape because i'm basically auditioning for 31 other teams if this situation doesn't work out and finally third down before we get to fourth down third down today this is going to be another fun topic for me today and we've seen the offensive explosion this year how it's saying records for points scored and touchdowns but did you notice this week that old moniker Defense wins championships. And we're starting to see now why you need a good defense for the postseason. Baltimore didn't win in Kansas City, but they slowed him down. If it wasn't for 
terrible mistakes by their quarterback, Baltimore could have pulled off a win. And I understand that there was multiple fourth down conversions against that Ravens defense by that Chiefs offense. But that was the one team outside that Rams Monday night game that has stuck with the Chiefs, and they showed the formula. Run the football and great defense. The L.A. Rams, the glitz and glam of NFL offenses in the league today, scored six points in Chicago. Defense is reactionary. See, one thing you've noticed in the NFL, if you really watch the games, why do offenses seem to click more in the first 15 to 20 plays of a game? Because a lot of those are scripted. They've gone through practice. They know what they're going to do no matter the circumstance. But you see a lot of teams, especially without great quarterbacks and great personnel and great offensive coordinators, once you get past those first 15, 20 plays, those teams, they, they struggle a little bit because they have to go off script and they have to adjust. Offense, the very idea of offense is about preparation and about knowing what you're going to do. Think about it. An offensive player not only knows the snap count, he knows where the play is going. Defense is all reactionary. You have to react to the snap count. You have to react to what the wide receiver, the running back, the offensive lines are doing. It's reactionary by nature. And what do we see this time of year? We've gone through three quarters of the season, and defenses now have plenty of film. They're not surprised by rookie quarterbacks or rookie players anymore. They're not surprised by new quarterbacks or offensive formations. They've seen these guys, defensive coaches, make their money in the back end of the seasons. Why? Because they now have all that tape. The first four to eight weeks and even the 12 weeks, teams can really vary it up. They can have a different game plan. But by this point in the season, you know what a team likes to do. You know their tendencies. And you know who they're trying to get the football to. So now defenses have all that film. They can react. There's also a lot of other factors that factor into why defense is important late in the season. First of all, it's the weather. It gets colder. What does the cold mean? I'm not talking even just about the rain and the elements. Let's just talk about the cold. Cold is harder to function in. It's harder to run in because you, your muscles get tight. It's harder to breathe. It's harder to execute in cold weather than when it's nice and warm, especially during those daytime games in October and November. But once you get to December, it doesn't matter the sun's out. It's cold in the Northeast and the Midwest and the Northwest. It can be cold outside. And that makes it hard because the ball gets harder to catch. It's harder to breathe out there. And it's harder to execute in the colder weather. Now for defenses, it's all about the reaction. So for defenses, it's not that big of a deal to play in the cold. But for offense, which is all about precision and timing more so than ever in the NFL, the cold weather plays a major factor. There's another factor too, and that's injuries. Offensive players. Defenses... You can have a little bit more depth. But offenses, we start to get into this time of year where guys get banged up. And when teams get banged up offensively, it hurts. We saw it last night for the Rams. Gurley's been up a little nicked this year. Their offensive line had a couple of injuries last night. Kansas City now has lost Kareem Hunt. Tyreek Hill's banged up. And we've seen the impact that's had. This is the time of year where guys get banged up. Defenses tend to be a little more fresher because they have a little bit more depth and they can rotate more. Offensive guys, those receivers, they've been taking shots now for 12, 13 weeks. They're banged up. They're not 
You see teams trying to hold out players this time of year to keep them healthy for the playoff. So for people that say, oh, it's all about the offenses and defense has no value in the NFL, just look. Look at the good defense, once what they did against the good offenses this week. This time of year is where the defenses make their money. Early in the season when it's warm out, when offenses are fresh, and when they have all the options in the world, offenses can really be effective. But now at this point in the season, defenses know what you're going to do. They've seen pretty much everything you can throw. They've seen all the wrinkles. They've seen all the adjustments you do out there. And health is a big issue for these offenses this time of year, along with the cold weather, which impacts their timing and their execution. All right, fourth down, our 60-second feature on one thought that I have. And this might surprise you, especially because of my hot takes on the coaching hot seat special, which we'll get to as the season progresses. But here we go, fourth down. And could a surprise coaching candidate be named in Cleveland? I understand that they're looking for a great offensive mind. Mike McCarthy's out on the market, and even Bruce Arians has hinted that he would like to come back and say he would come to Cleveland. But could Greg Williams stay as the head coach? We forget he does have head coaching experience, and I understand he's a defensive head coach. But the Browns are 3-2 and two since he took over, and Baker Mayfield has played his best football under Greg Williams. It's clicking for the Browns. If the Browns continue to finish, like let's say the Browns finish 7-8-1, and one, and he finishes with a winning record, you're honestly going to tell those players in that locker room and that fan base that, hey, we finally, after years, have a coach that has a winning record in a season, and our first reaction, especially after an 0-16 season last year, let's move on from him. I understand there's great candidates, but if Greg Williams and this Brown team finish strong, don't be surprised if Greg Williams, if he's not named the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, he's a hot head coaching candidate. He has head coaching experience, and I understand the hot trend right now is to get an offensive guy. But right now, you look at what's going on in Cleveland and how he's handled that situation and a rookie quarterback and the way they are playing. He's got to be in the mix for a head coaching job, if not in Cleveland, somewhere in the NFL. That's going to do for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here today on the podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach out on Twitter, Rich Sports Talk on Twitter, or Rich Sports Talk Facebook, or our email, richsportstalk at gmail.com. Lots more coming up on the NFL college football this week. Make sure you stay tuned for all the latest content and subscribe so you don't miss the latest episode only here on Rich Sports Talk.